0: You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.
1: Roger, good day and thank you so much for your willingness to take part in our interview.
0: Thank you so much. It's my pleasure and my honor to be here with you.
1: Well, first of all, why did you come to Russia? Was it your first visit to Russia and what's the purpose for your visiting in Russia?
0: It's our second visit to Russia. Amazed, and we were invited to be in the EBI Congress. EBI is IDBY, is International Board on Books for Young People, a very well known, important international uh, board that uh, promotes children's literature all over the world. And IBBY, uh, a section. Uh, Invited us first, uh, invited me for an exhibition uh, in the library uh, here in Moscow in 2017. In this turn, we are in this international uh, congress.
1: So, how do you find Russia, Moscow?
0: It's a wonderful, wonderful city. I think everybody that loves arts, that loves nature, that all loves uh, human culture is a lover of. Russian um, background, history and uh, historical culture.
1: Can you talk about some parallels between uh, Moscow and Rio de Janeiro? Maybe there are some similarities, I suppose there'll be.
0: I think both cities and both countries uh, have um, cultural um, love for culture, love for arts, uh, for music, for sports uh, in, in both um, Moscow and Rio de Janeiro uh, are vivid cities. Uh, where cultural scene is very important.
1: Can we speak a little bit more about the Congress that you've been invited to? uh, Did you find out something new maybe?
0: It's always uh, the possibility of bringing together the contemporary production and also the works of specialists. So it's a way to be in touch with uh, the whole world and to uh, g- get closer to amazing experiences, amazing um, uh, works of uh, uh, promoting uh, literature all over the world, in sometimes uh, far away places such as Iran, we we had always meet with Zohri Kaini, uh, IBBY representative of uh, Iran, for example, or in Amazonian uh, riverbanks, the work of, of promoting literature.
1: Do you read the books of other authors?
0: I do. I am a huge admirer of Russian uh, literature and also contemporary writers. We have uh, been with uh, Anastasia Arkipova, a very important and wonderful illustrator from Russia. And she showed us very important and big exhibition of contemporary illustrators.
1: And who is your favorite author? Writer?
0: My favorite writer in the world? Uh It's difficult to say because we are talking about exactly this possibility of having a panorama of the whole world so i would, i can talk about some of, of them uh, anastasia Agimova is one of my favorite uh, authors because she is an author in illustration and from from prague uh, peter sees in the u.s Um, In Brazil, there are many amazing authors such as Ligia Bojunga and uh, Ana Maria Machado, Maria Teresa Andueto from Argentina. Actually, we have wonderful um, stars that the the beautiful thing is that those people are really concerned on on giving their best, uh, their research to children all over the world.
1: But they, all of them, are contemporary authors, writers, illustrators. But what about classics?
0: Ah, the classics. Of course, I am in love with Chekhov, <laughs> because I also love theatre. And Chekhov has been, for me, the possibility of seeing that human nature uh, is, is different in different spots in the world, but humans' inner feelings, they can be the same in Brazil and in Russia. And of course, all of the Russians, writers, poets, musicians and heart, the visual artists.
1: So, you are illustrator, writer, yes. playwright. You are the first artist from Latin America to win the highly converted Hans Christian Andersen Award. How did you manage to do this?
0: The EB sections nominate one illustrator and one writer. Uh, it, so it has to go through the IBBY sections. Um, it's a very interesting experience only to be nominated because when you are nominated, you have to do a research you invite other specialists to do this research on your own work, it's like a paper, it's like a master, <laughs> on because IBBY members, journey members, they ask for uh, not only a biography, but they want to know, uh, about, uh, it's like uh, 10 works that you, you've done, so it's uh, It's not an award for one book, it's an award for your trajectory, for your life, history. So this is the way that it goes, you have to be chosen by uh, a board Mm -hmm. and in the local IBBY sections.
1: Speaking about you as a writer, as a playwright, as an illustrator, who is Roger Mello? Can you introduce yourself for the Russian audience?
0: Uh, I would say Roger Melo is a person that was created, uh, was brought up in a city, Brazil, the capital of Brazil, in a context where books were being, it was a dictatorial region at this time, and people were kind of persecuted by having some forbidden books. And I, I grew up in a Brazil that everybody knows. Brazil has this uh, strong diversity of ecosystems. So I grew up in love with uh, nature, animals, plants, the, the whole background of Brazil. Brasilia is not in the rainforest, is in a uh, Brazilian savanna. So in this in specific environment and uh, in, as a capital, as a new capital, it was a place created by thinkers and people who were trying to bring the idea of modernism um, to, to Brazil and with a concept of sharing the public with the private. So uh, all the buildings would be places where you have the private, but down in the buildings everybody can pass. It was utopia of bringing uh, children in a cultural environment where everybody would have access to arts, philosophy and, and thinking. And, and also education. So I grew up in this contradictory scene where um, some years after the the building of this utopia, there was the regime that would exclude philosophy and books from some books from, from people. So that traditional uh, scenery brought up Roger Mel, <laughs> what I am today.
1: Why did you decide to write uh, books for children?
0: My whole life I was in love with narrative uh, possibility, with images or words. I was obsessed about narrative and about creating characters. And I soon discovered that Uh, fortunately for children, unfortunately for adults, most of the books, illustrated books, were uh, made for children. In the history of books, we know that illustrated books were always made for everyone, and the concept of a book without illustrations is very new, let's say, in the history of books. Since the very beginning, if we think of Egypt, the Book of the Dead is fully illustrated and designed. And it's got also the Yellow Leaves, which is um, a border language between image and text. So, um, this is why I soon discovered that it, a good thing about uh, having doing books for children is that you have to to um, struggle, let's say, to work a lot, to bring the most difficult and complex thoughts in a very simple way. Otherwise, you would just try to be a virtuosis. So children also, the word children in Portuguese, criança, means the one who creates. So we deserve uh we we have the desire also to to reach this state when you were a child that you everything was creation so this is why
1: and who are your characters what are the characters where do you find them
0: they are everywhere pretty everywhere they sometimes are inspired by the people you know or about, or about yourself but they are the other this is what I love about characters, they are not you, it's, it's not only about ident- identification, sometimes we think of art as identification, but I want to go in the uh, this av- adventure of knowing the other. And knowing the other makes make us more human, Make us feel the pain of the other and the joy.
1: And how much time does it take you to write a book or to illustrate?
0: It depends, each book is really uh, specific in this. Sometimes I think the book that took me more time, it was eight years, and the book that took me less time, it was three months. But even if the book seems simple, uh, it, it takes time to know how to get into simplicity. Sometimes you, you see something very um, clean, Artists that I, I love, like Kvita or like the Russian modern uh, artists, they, I know that it took a long time for them to reach these pure forms.
1: I have found some statements about you. Rich content of Mellow's illustrations reflect his passion for folklore and for exploration of the world. His incomparate images promote tolerance and respect for the world's cultures and traditions. Do you agree with this statement?
0: I totally agree. When that statement was said first, when I received the Hans Christian Andersen Award, in the category illustration. And when I heard cultures of the world, and of course folklore is always connected to these cultures of the world, uh, it was really this possibility which I, I I praise so much that each world is a complete different each each place is a complete completely different different history. In the history of the people, although we are talking about individuals, we share some common fears, we share some common uh, tastes. And if somebody in the corner of the world, like Vargas Llosa would say, uh, has a love for one color, I might want to know why. I might want to know why uh, in ancient times, in some corner of Russia, an artist uh, did uh, hold the brush to make, uh, for example, um, the portrait of a child or a demon or an animal. So uh, the cultures of the world, although they are specific, they show the richness of human beings um, love to fiction.
1: And what do you like more to illustrate or to write?
0: I like both and sometimes I rest from one to the other because if you are intensely immersed in the creation, uh, sometimes you need to have moments of of uh, getting far from it, to to go into it. It's, it's art is about contradiction. Sometimes you you feel the 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 inner thoughts of a character through the skin or through the costumes of a character. It's it's not vanity. It's the opposite, because when you dress something from a region, from the culture of one place in the world. You are, you are saying, OK, the mother of the character prepared and washed this, this cloth. This piece of cloth was made with the history of living in this place. So it's not vanity, it's not superficiality, it's really going to the guts of the character.
1: Well, let's speak a little bit deeper about your writings, about your works. Jan Cechul Berners, you have written about the evil of child labor. What has made you two and was this book a success?
0: It is a success in Brazil, it was also published in China, in the United States which was quite surprising for me because some people said to me this is a very important book for Brazil because you're talking about an issue that is present in Brazil till today although of course it's forbidden to have children's labor but it still exists it's sometimes more hidden but what soon I started to realize that it is a contemporary problem of the world. Uh, even in Russia, in the States, where sometimes we don't think so, but the immigrants working, sometimes they're they are children and it's all also healing. Sometimes they are not working in, in charcoal or the production of a commodity, but even some children are working for uh, movies and they don't have time to study, okay. or uh, for in Brazil, for soap opera uh, uh, production is immense, very important and uh, we have to ask, do, do these children have time to study or they keep in the set the whole day and just like children who are in the street selling, selling things and in some places, people think it's oh, it's good because it's dignifying to be working if you are a child because you are learning things. But children must have time to be to to be children because it's it's a very it's uh, essential part of the formation, and we cannot. Uh, allow that, still nowadays, we use practicals of the Middle Ages, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Usually, children's labor is associated with slave labor, or a slave labor by, by debt. Mm-hmm. Because you used to go to work in the countryside, for example, in Brazil, mm-hmm. and you have a salary, but the salary is smaller than the things you buy, so you apply to work. Still, nowadays it happens, although of course there are fortunately many people struggling to, to punish people who do this.
1: So, this is what people say about your works. They are unapologetically colorful, almost carnival like, and filled yes. with all sorts of wonderful people, creatures, and places. Even the covers are works of art in their own right. What's your own attitude towards your work? How do you find that?
0: Yes, very interesting because the color is also like a character to me. Um, there is, and um, sometimes it's quite stereotypized to, to the idea that in countries like Brazil or India or countries of Africa, um, they have this great appeal to colors. And because sometimes colors can be um, confused as just making a carnival of everything but I might say that in these countries I think also in Russia color is a very important character and uh, those are solar countries I think the lights, the presence of light in Brazil for example for the whole year in South America or Africa or India so we have these relation with color which is very strong, it's stronger in countries where the sunlight is not present all over the year or uh, in, uh, almost in the whole day, part of the day. So, uh, but for me, picking colors is not as simple as only a cannibalization. Picking colors, the word color in Portuguese is cor, and it rhymes with the word paint door. So I would say that children know that every time they pick a color blue, they don't have the blue anymore. So they then yellow, for example, so blue and yellow. So it's about, it's a hard uh, choice. It's not only messing colors uh, <laughs> randomly, it's about a choice. And everything in creation is about choice. And although it involves pleasure, it involves also pain because that color you don't have anymore. Choosing a color is might be a rational mm-hmm. uh, choice. It's not only random choice. So there is a pain in the color too.
1: And do you take uh, the colors as traditional ones, for example, depicting characters? Red is anger, green is something good, blue is kind of miracle or not? Yes,
0: I, we find this such association with colors and feelings a cultural thing. For example, in, in China and Korea and Japan, the white is the color of death of the ritualistic celebration of death, in Brazil it's black. So just the opposite. The total presence of color and the total absence of colors uh, can can be real, uh, understood as the same feeling of of grief, of, of mm-hmm. death, for example, mm-hmm. celebrating death. In, in terms of artistic references, I would pick really the Russian amazing masters. What I see is that they bring us to the color as a present relationship. When you see a Malvich color, you see the inter- integration in return of the image and the the work of art. When you see Eve Klein's blue, I, Eve Klein will be beating this Eve Klein kind of blue, with got, got blue but some some magenta too. I think he wants the reader to see really blue beyond the prejudices beyond the cultural aspect of blue as something beautiful or pure or whatever. What is your sensation of blue? When you see blue, you read blue, is this the blue of your childhood? When I say blue, you think of blue, it's the blue of your your skirt, is it the blue of the eyes of your mother? Is it the blue of the sea? Is it the blue of the one specific color of an illustration you saw? So colors are very, very important and very specific, like characters. So in Marx, we put away the cultural uh, association with color in one feeling, because then it's you. And blue
1: Okay so taking into consideration all that you have already said about the colors and about the countries and uh, the thing that your books have been published in China so for example you illustrate your book for Brazil and the death means the black one but you have to illustrate your book for China and yes. the death means the white one yes. do you have to uh, re illustrate to paint another illustration for another country do you do this
0: This is a very, this is a wonderful question, really. (laughs) This question has not, never been made to me and uh, amazing. Uh, No, because then you know that this book was first published in China and that I can try to feel grief through the eyes of a Chinese perspective. Um, there is a very good and vivid example. I illustrated the book, uh, Lemon Butterfly by Chao Vinhuan, Hans Christian sienan Award, a Chinese uh, writer. And the book is about death. It's about a butterfly that's looking for a field of fl- flowers. And when she meets the field of flowers, it's over the water. And she tries to reach, she tries to reach, and then she dies. Because she, uh, uh, she cannot survive the, the mm-hmm. water. She is, is breath-taken, breathless. And then she's not transformed into, like a caterpillar is transformed into a butterfly. She's transformed into a fish, because there is a lemon, butterfly, mm-hmm. fish. So he was presenting death. His very philosophical offer as a movement of not ending but of transformation. So I think that the idea is not only to um, to relate uh, white to death, but white to transformation. And I think it's very interesting because he is also bring, bringing sometimes uh, a taboo theme, like, like death, to children. So, in this way, there is no difference with the audience, no matter if they are children or adults, they are going to face the, 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 the taboos of being, not the taboos, but difficulties of being human. So if death, if uh, war are issues in our world, they, are, they even go stronger to children because they are dealing with these, these issues in their, in their lives. So the best way to, to get as a simulacrum in this world is through books, because books the encounters can, can suffer because they are made of paper, but we, sh- we should try to prepare, not to avoid because it's impossible to avoid, but prepare to life is tough. It, I know that you are suffering now, but your, your suffering is not alone. And together we can try to handle this.
1: And do children from Brazil, from Russia, from China differ, or they have lots of similarities, the same happiness, the same grief?
0: I I would say that the feelings are the same, although they're specific in India, or Russia, or China. And I'm so happy that the idea of BRICS is bringing those countries that have so many similarities and so amazing difference because we should celebrate difference, isn't it? We should celebrate that we have red in Brazil and in Russia and China and in India, but maybe the source of red or magenta of blue come from different um, backgrounds. So I think these amazing countries should know more about each other, because it's really a pity that when we come to Russia, we see this so huge, strong culture. As in the first time I went to India, I was so taken by this culture and I was really, really more connected to the, through the differences to what we have in common, and we have lots of things in common
1: despite the differences.
0: <laughs> Let's celebrate the
1: About books. Only seven of your books have been translated. One into German, two into French, three into Chinese, and two into Spanish. Is that right?
0: No, there no. are more books that no. are translated now. Only, uh, the, for example, I've, as a writer, uh, it, it's less books, but as an illustrator, illustrator, because sometimes people, when they do the, the Translation, they changed the illustration. That's quite common. Mm-hmm. But for example, in the case of the first book, that the partnership that he did with Chao Vien from China, uh, the a Feather, um, very philosophical, again, history about birds that he did. And this book was translated many, many countries. I think now it's around 20 countries but yes I have many books translated to China and to United States and and South American countries. Not so many books in in Europe and but I know that translation is sometimes it's more complicated when you for example Portuguese is a very worldwide spoken language but not as known as Spanish for example mm-hmm. and also there is something very interesting people sometimes say that is there uh, the idea of translation of illustration because since we have this these specific colors this specific background sometimes um, it's it, it asks you for a different point of view to understand or to read pictures too.
1: Mm-hmm. So and do you have books translated into Russian?
0: Not yet, not yet, but uh. I hope soon. <laughs> I hope soon because it's a culture that I admire so much.
1: Okay, so... But it,
0: it, it, you have. we have many Russian authors. Uh, translated in Brazil and they are very important for us.
1: Classic or contemporary? Classic
0: and contemporary.
1: Uh So what's your upcoming plans? Can you share?
0: Uh, uh, Since I work with theatre and books uh, and we are working on a musical now because I'm also very fond of of music and a Brazilian composer called La La Marchini Babu. So it's called carmine, like the red color. <laughs> and uh, also uh, there is a book about the Amazon called uh, Ray Thorn, um, Espinja uh, Sting Ray Thorn about the Amazon people, Amazon kids, Amazonian kids. So these are the new projects.
1: So what would you do there? You'll be the playwright.
0: I am the playwright in this play about Carmen, uh-huh. uh-huh. about brazilian music and the playwright I am of the writer and illustrator uh-huh. of this book uh-huh. uh, Stingray Park.
1: Where will you come to Russia the next time? Is it planned I already?
0: Hope, I hope very soon <laughs> coming back because it's been two, twice, two times and the third time is almost Uh, mandatory when you have to, and Mm -hmm. and we, uh, me and Vone Canonica we have this institute in the south of Brazil that is an institute of reading promotion with with 6,000 books from all over the world and many Russian amazing contemporary books, and we are we came for the Congress, but we also came to get closer and closer to contemporary uh, reading promotion experiences, like the IBBY uh, section in Brazil, oh. in Brazil, no, in Russia, mm-hmm. and the the books, such as uh, the books from Anastasia Arkhipova.
1: Roger, thank you so much for this interview. It was really a pleasure to talk to you, to get to know you. And I wish you good luck here in Moscow. And I wish you good books.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's right.
0: You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.